Welcome to Nate's News. Basically, I'm going to share what I know with you. What is coronavirus and what is herd immunity? I picked these two topics mainly because everyone really wants to know what coronavirus is. And also, herd immunity, I think, is something which was spoken about, but we don't talk about now. I'm glad we don't really talk about it. Um, but hey, here we go. So, as I can tell, coronavirus is a virus that started in China. Um, obvious, everyone knows that now. Not everyone knows, though, that it's called SARS-CoV-2. Ah, I know that much. Um, it's related to swine flu and bird flu. It's about animal to human transfer. Um, and the reason they um, think it comes from animals is because it's quite similar to another virus. Um, obviously, whilst looking under a microscope and science analysis and all that lot, um, it's quite sim- it's quite similar to a virus from uh, from bats. So they believe it's mutated from bats to humans. They don't know exactly how it's transferred. Um, they, I think, they still believe there's a high chance that it comes from one of the wet markets, or as probably we would call it, a, a wild food market in China. And they think that's where it's the transfers happened. I mean, since then, uh, the Chinese government, some good news for you, have banned all wild food markets in the country. Now, I'm not going to go into the history of wild food markets, but it was government's policy to promote and market these uh, wild food markets to try and help feed the mass population of China. Not everybody knows that. There was a massive famine many years ago. Uh, the, the, the communist government was struggling to feed its population in China um, through many different ways. So one of the ways they tried to, well, they did help um, get people through the famine was promoting people going out hunting wild animals, also breeding wild animals, um, and starting these food markets. Obviously, it's flipped on its head now. I think this is, I think bird flu originated from China as well, to be honest with you. Um, so I think they've nailed, on its, nailed it on its head now. They've, I think they've seen the importance of, I guess, preserving life and stopping the spread of these diseases. So they've banned them, to my knowledge anyway. So all right, let's go into it a bit more. So it's a global pandemic now. Uh, the, the WHO announced, I think it was two weeks ago now, it's spread to over 200 countries. It's in Asia, it's in America, South America. It's in all 50 states, actually, in America. It's uh, it's all across Europe. So numbers-wise, let's get into them. So in the UK, there's been over 17,000 positive cases of coronavirus, but them figures aren't accurate. The main reason is because of testing. There's a lack of testing, I think, because every single bloody country in the world <laughs> wants to get their hands on tests. Um, also, some countries have been better to ramp up the, the amount of testing. UK, I think they've gone from 4,000 to 6,000. I think they're hoping to get up to 8,000 a week. But when you compare it to countries like Germany, so the British government can't keep coming out of this bloody line of oh, we're trying to ramp up testing. Right, ramp up testing, ramp up testing. I'm bloody sick of hearing about ramp up testing. When Germany last week had testing not so far, numbers different from ours, they've announced that they're going to be able to ramp up testing, actually ramp up testing, not blind bloody rhetoric, to 500,000. Let's just put that number into perspective. So in the UK up to date now, only 120,000 people, well, 120,777 people have been tested. Uh, for COVID-19. Now, 
107 people have died. So when you compare that to places like um, Italy, I think Italy have had 10,000 deaths now. Now, apparently, we're three weeks behind Italy. So in my opinion, if we are three weeks behind Italy, why isn't more being done? If we know 10,000 people could die, that's people's aunts, granddads, dads, brothers, sisters. You know, let's enforce this lockdown more. I mean, let's get this information out to people about not just washing hands, but not touching surfaces. It's actually spread that, that they believe, the WHO, the London um, College of Health, the CDC, um, it, it's quite, it, it's unanimous now. It's coughing, sneezing, and touching surfaces. So I think more information needs to be out there for people. America, um, I think, don't hold it to hold me to this now, has become the world's fastest spreader of COVID-19. Let's not talk about Donald Trump's opinion on COVID-19, which has only changed, or he's flip-flopping as well. I mean, two, two, three weeks ago, he was talking about how he's got it under control. Only one person's got it to stop the spread to actually came out with, you know, these big speeches about how serious he's taking it. And then all of a sudden now, which is a bit scary, he's talking about opening up the economy and wanting it done by Easter. And when asked why he thinks Easter is the date where he thinks it's going to be all sorted, his simple response is, I want people back in churches for Easter. No scientific report or science-led, as our government says. Um, we're talking. Um, so last Thursday um, in America, we'll stick to America for the moment, they had a report of a 1,000 deaths. On Sunday, there's 2,000 deaths. Now, obviously, the tests have been ramped up and stuff like that. So that's probably a big reason why there's more reported cases as well. So let's talk about something that's not really spoken about um, as regards to COVID-19. And that's the intensive care. Now, if you like myself and you've seen a lot of reports from Italy and things like that, um, figures. The figures are, I think, the London Health Organisation, the official figures that the government, uh, our government goes by is 30% of people that get this are going to have it severely and go into intensive care. Now, we don't talk about that enough. Now, personally, I probably fit into the category of people that all survive. But I don't want to end up in intensive care. Just run you by what intensive care means. It means your body can't cope without essential services to fight off whatever it is is ailing you. Um, and you're going to need some sort of specialist care. Now, the problem we've got with COVID-19 is not that it's outright killing people. It's, you know, it's I think it's 3% the death rate compared to, I think, the, com the flu is 1%. The problem is it's spreading much quicker. Um, than the flu. The flu, on average, I saw someone on Newsnight, a scientist on Newsnight, that on average you will spread it to 27 people. Um, with COVID-19, now wait for it, you're going to spread it to 52,000 people. I think the numbers is 1.5 for the flu, uh, 3.5 plus for COVID-19. And I think it's how it's spread. It's spread because you're sneezing, you're coughing, um, and you're touching surfaces. Also, originally I did see scientists talk about it lasting on services for 72 hours and then I read another report now bear with this number this is this is don't I mean don't hold me to this that there's this cruise ship which had reports of COVID-19 and they found COVID-19 areas 
where there were no people after 72 days. Don't know how true that is or how false that is, but that's news that I've I've read. So let's go back to this herd immunity. Now, bear, bear with me on this because uh, I have to wrap my own brain. So let's start with let's start with let's start with Boris Johnson. So Boris Johnson, um, you can watch the video yourself uh, with Holly Willoughby and Philip Schofield was a morning TV talking about how, this is paraphrasing, we need to take it on the chin. And he was talking about behaviour scientists and the best epidemiologists, apparently all the best of everything's in the UK, apparently. Um, don't know what the rest of the world's doing. But he was talking about how we need to take it on the chin, work, let it work its way through. We don't want to we don't want to suppress it too much um, because obviously, you know, we need to build up some herd immunity. Now, just to put it into perspective, there has been no scientific evidence that herd immunity works with this virus because like the flu which is a strain of a type of virus it evolves year and year it evolves during the season of the flu you know that's the problem it has and this is a virus also i'm not saying it's related to the flu it's more closely related to aids more closely related to sars and bird flu and swine flu okay so there was no evidence for that. So I don't know where, why he's saying the best epidemiologists are saying this. Um, I'd, I'd like him to re- release that report. Okay, we've not seen the report where, where his science has been led, um, or the Sage report. The Sage is, his, I think, it's where the health ministers come together and and advise the government. I'd love to see this report, which said just let sixty percent of the population get it for herd immunity. Mm. Anyway, he was on TV saying that he also came out into his press conference that we all saw his first press conference, quite Boris esque style, and was talking about how it's important to start washing your hands a lot more. Now, I don't know about you, but there's a global pandemic happening. And our prime minister came out and in the beginning and simply said, wash your hands a bit more. And his exact words were, people should carry on their daily lives as normal. Didn't talk about social distancing. Didn't talk about how contagious this disease is. Didn't talk about coughing and sneezing and wiping on surfaces. Just literally said, wash your hands more and people should carry on as normal. There was two scientists either side of him. And we asked about the borders and we should shut the borders or slow the spread. I mean, the reporters were still in the room, not social distancing. They kind of candidly said, there's no need. We're not at that point yet. We've got our stages set out. Now, I believe these stages were set out just to cover their own backs. I could have done that. I could have said, if it gets worse, we need social distance. If it gets worse, we need to have draconian laws brought out so we can stop people from working if it gets worse this that and the other we can all do that what i don't understand is if at the same time of this press conference that we're giving out they were saying oh we're weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks behind italy okay if italy is the end point then why didn't we prepare at that point when they were saying we're a good four to six weeks behind Italy or whatever it was right at the beginning when he get the press conference saying, oh God, I've just walked around a hospital. I'm pretty sure someone had COVID-19. I shook their hands. You know, I still recommend everyone still shakes people's hands. That was his first press conference. I mean, how much of an irresponsible idiot have you got to be? Are you surprised that Boris Johnson has got COVID-19 when his first press conference, he was telling people, I'm shaking hands of people I'm pretty sure had COVID-19. Now, it took him, I'm pretty sure that press conference was on a Friday. 
until the following Tuesday. Now, on the Monday, he came out with a pretty similar um, press conference. But on the Monday night, not everybody knows this, but the London um, College of Health and um, Tropical Diseases, they give out a damning report. I say a damning report, more of a review on the analyst analytics of the current affair in Italy and across the globe and looking at the herd immunity scenarios and setting out the government's response and what they think would going to be the the, the impact of the government's response. That's the, that, I guess that's their job. So when Boris Johnson came out on the Tuesday, not Bojo the Clown style, he actually looked dishevelled and looked like he looked a bit scared. I've got to say it, he, he did, and gave out that bloody almost famous speech of people are going to lose loved ones, you're going to lose your bloody nan, people are going to die, be prepared to lose family members. Now, cast your mind back to the other bloody um press conference on the friday and the monday talking about carry on shaking hands wash your hands a bit more there's no need to social distance there's no need to panic buy everyone still needs to go to work the people that are old and underlying health problems no mention of them at this point there was no mention of people that were old or underlying health problems and then he comes out on the tuesday funny enough after this report was given out about how we all need to start social distancing, start talking about high-risk groups, start talking about underlying health problems, start talking about the elderly. Also, Patrick Valance has a lot to answer to, if you ask me. Now, bear with me, and I'm jumping about a little bit, but Patrick Valance was a person who, obviously, the first few speeches um, Boris Johnson came out, is the guy still with the glasses to the right. Um, he's a person that on Radio 4 Live, Radio 4 Live, there's no taking this back, he was talking about and pushing herd immunity. People weren't saying to him, you know, what's herd immunity? Are you going to do herd immunity? They were talking on Radio 4. You could listen to it yourself. Go and have a look. Um, so look, look up um, Patrick Valance Radio 4 on YouTube or whatever, or Google it or Facebook it, whatever you want to do. It's there for everyone to see. He was talking about herd immunity. He said 60% of the population need to get it to build up some sort of herd immunity. He said it's one of the key things that we need to do. He said we need to, it's one of the key things we need to do is not suppress it. He literally said we are aiming not to suppress this thing. That's Patrick Valance, Boris Johnson's advisor. At the same time, Boris Johnson was coming out and saying, carry on as you are, wash your hands. Patrick Valance didn't say we need to make sure we shield and protect uh, the, the vulnerable. We need to do some emergency measures. We need to do social distancing now. He wasn't talking about how... This thing is sending 30% of people into intensive care, which the London College of Tro Tropical Diseases came out and said. And now it's believed the CDC also, the American Disease Authority, have said in their figures roughly, say, 20%. So yes, okay, it's killing roughly 3%, which is three times the amount of um, what the flu does. Now, if you look at, look at our population of 69 million plus, that's a lot of people it's killing, if it does kill them. I mean, let's not panic too much. But if 30% of people get, are getting this severely and are going to need intensive care, what does that say about this disease? Why why were this why were we not told this straight away? And then Matt Hancock came out on the, the, the 6th of March. Okay, bear with me. These figures are coming off the top of my head. 6th of March and said, we are waiting for this to become globally established. Is he 
fucking okay. Globally established. It's already gone from bloody... No one knew where Wuhan was at the 6th of March. Do you know what I mean? It went from Wuhan and it was in Italy killing people. So are you telling me a disease that's come from Italy all the way to bloody... Um, from Wuhan, sorry, all the way to Italy and was killing people, putting people in intensive care. We were seeing these images of the National Health Service in Italy of people being overwhelmed with bloody bubbles on the head, people lying or sitting keeled over in the A&E in Italy, waiting for intensive care, waiting for treatment, waiting for doctors, waiting for their turn to actually get care. He was telling us that it's not globally established. It was already spreading across Europe like wildfire. And at the same time, um, bear with me, I think it's, I forgot what team it is. There was a Milan, which is one of the most hit areas. There was a football team not far from Milan or in Milan or north and bloody Italy that came to play in Liverpool. How stupid has a government got to be not to have shut all international sports stadiums and theatres and stuff like that? You had one of the most, well, it was the epicentre of Europe. The epicentre for COVID-19 in Europe was Italy, was northern Italy, and they were letting there were thousands, thousands and thousands of players come in at the same time in Italy. They were playing behind closed doors. So the Italian government were taking it so seriously. They said all sports is behind closed doors. No one's allowed to go in and, and, and watch, basically. A bit of social distancing. They didn't full country lockdown at that point, but that's what they were doing. At the same time, our government allowed teams from northern Italy to come and play in Liverpool. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know who the hell is advising our government. I'm no expert, but if there's a place where a disease is spreading, it's the epicentre for Europe, and their footy team wants to come and play in Derby, where I'm from, I'd be like, no, Tar, um, we'll postpone the game. We'll do it when this little bit of pandemic has cleared over. At the same time, Matt Hancock, the head of the NHS, was saying we're waiting for it to be globally established. Now, I don't understand how we were waiting for a disease to get globally established before our government started to get itself into bloody gear. It makes no sense. At the same time, why were we not getting all our um, ventilators? Um, why were we not getting all our equipment? Um, so it seems to me that they were crossing their fingers and hoping it was going to pass us by. Um, probably looking at a country like Japan, where the death rate was quite low and the spread's quite low. But the reason for that in Japan, really, is number one, because they brought in social distancing quite quickly. They didn't lock down the country, but I think they were a lot more honest with their public about how bloody serious this was and informed their people on how to act. And they, it, they did call it a global emergency. So did Singapore, so did South um South Korea, um, Taiwan, Thailand, countries like this, they took it quite seriously, quite soon, and took a quite hard line approach to this. They didn't all lock down straight away, but they all came down and recognised it as a, a global pandemic. Now, our government, cast our eyes back to the 6th of March, of bloody Matt Hancock and Question Time, go and look it up yourself, um, Matt Hancock and Question Time, the 6th of March, came out and said, we're waiting for it to be globally established. Yes, I've said that, but also... I'm not saying he did exactly, but he was kind of hinting it was kind of like the flu. He didn't have a fucking clue what it was. He was just talking about, oh, it's a bit like the flu, it's a bit like this, it's a bit like that. This geezer should have known that 30% of people go in, into intensive care. He should have known that we need more intensive care beds. He should have been the, the Excel centre this week, I think it was last week, um, which is like a conference centre in London, has now been converted to have 5,000 more intensive care beds. 5,000. They're turning ice rinks into morgues. Now, 
if Italy at this point in time, which is true, I've had 10,000 deaths from this. So 10,000 deaths. Now, they're just people that have been tested. So the number's expected to be much higher than that. We're three weeks behind that and we're expecting that many deaths. I don't know about you, but that's a lot of people. Anyway, back onto this herd immunity. <sighs> it does wind me up. So <laughs> Patrick Valance is now coming out and saying we need to shield people. Our first, you know, our first responsibility is to the is to the vulnerable, the high risk groups and to protect as many lives as possible. Why wasn't this the f- government's line weeks ago? I don't know. And also, why are we not testing nurses and doctors and the people on the frontline staff? We've got people, uh, doctors and nurses, that are treating people with COVID-19 that are self-quarantining, sometimes a house sharing with all the nurses. So let's say it's a house full of nurses all self-quarantining because one person's got it and the government is still refusing to test them. Funny enough, Prince Charles had symptoms, he got a test. He's not a frontline member of staff. Boris Johnson had symptoms. Why didn't Boris Johnson take it on the chin like he told us to do, um, what's the word? Sacrifice his test and give it to a doctor or nurse. Simply self-isolate for seven to 12 days, suffer like the rest of us, like that woman did in London who was refused a test, who was calling, begging. Everyone knows the story. And if you don't, I'll quickly fill you in. There's a woman who that called up 999 and 111, begging in absolute agony, um, saying her lungs were absolutely on fire, she couldn't breathe, um, and she was told to self-isolate. She wasn't given a test, and she died. And she died. Why didn't Boris Johnson sacrifice himself, take it on the chin, give somebody else his bloody test? Lead from the front? No, he got a test. I think bloody Matt Hancock's got it now. Also, why is he not take it on the chin? and take one for the team and give it to a nurse or a doctor so they can at least go out and start saving lives. He can still FaceTime and work from home like the rest of us, but he's not giving tests to them, is he? Absolute joke. I'm not going to lie to you. It's not It's not good at all. So, back to the government's plan. So, it seems like we're taking it more seriously now. Um, we're on lockdown. Um, social distancing. There's people, there's still idiots out there having barbecues and, and stuff like that. Um, I think they should be fined. I think Spain and Italy were giving out, I think there's 60,000 fines, as I read somewhere, for Italy and Spain. Um, I think we should do it here. I think the panic buying's actually slowed down. Um, I don't know what the government plan seems to be next. I mean, I know Michael Gove got absolutely grilled when asked about the state of the NHS and if we're ready for it. Um, <laughs> um, as which he, he ducked and dived. Um, so yeah, it's I've calmed down a bit now, as you can tell. Um, but I, I do think that we all need to take this a lot more seriously. I do think there needs to be more guidance on how, more people that are going to get it severely, not necessarily die, but severely. I do think there's a lot of people out there that still aren't taking it as seriously as other people. Um, but I'm going to do another podcast on equipment, uh, the government response, uh, more information on it and all the bits and bobs like that. But for now, I hope you've en- enjoyed the podcast. Um, if you can get, get hold of me, let me know what you think of it. And uh, yeah, stay safe, everyone. More importantly, stay informed. <laughs>